this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Welcome on in to The Point with Kristen Burt, presented by Dance Network and Popcorn Talk. We are so excited you are joining us today, and I am thrilled to have this guest because I do not know why I have never met her in person until right now at this moment, although I feel like I've been orbiting her for a while. Welcome to the show, Noelle Marsh. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so thrilled that this worked out, and I saw you at Capizio Ace Awards and saw your incredible piece. And congratulations, you were first runner-up. Thank you. Thank that you. was a yeah. really big deal. Yeah, I don't think I realized at the time either. That's what's so crazy is when I won, when I got first runner-up, I wasn't really expecting anything. I just came to kind of showcase my work and just have that opportunity for people to see it. Mm-hmm. So it still hasn't really registered, but people will keep asking me about it. They're like, so what was that like? How do you feel? Are you so excited? And I'm like, yeah, but I still don't understand what really happened yet. <laughs> I can tell you. I was in the audience. I watched it. Uh, And for people that aren't aware of the Capizio Ace Awards, they used to be in New York. They were moved to Los Angeles this year, so it was kind of fun for us to have it and be able to see it. What inspired you to enter? I always knew I wanted to. Like, even when I was 18 years old, I knew I wanted to. I grew up watching the show, and I would go and I would attend the events, and I would see the people who had won. I can't remember the first year I went to it because it's only a few years old, but... Um, everyone that would come out of that show would grow on to be these really successful choreographers. Travis Wall, I think Al Blackstone. I mean, some really well-known names have gone on. Even like, I remember watching Peter Chu's piece at the Ace Awards, and he's someone I really look up to. And, you know, later on down the the road, like Talia Favia ended up winning. And then she she went on to have a really successful career. And um, so, yeah, I just always knew I wanted a place where I felt like I could finally be seen when it when it comes to my choreography. And I felt like what better of a place than Ace Awards because it's ran by really respected choreographers who are judging your work. Yeah, we had Ray Leeper here the, uh, like two days before the actual award okay. themselves. And we were talking about that. And he, you know, he was talking about what he wanted to see out of um, mm. the pieces or what he was looking for choreo- choreographically. So it was, it was kind of interesting to get his perspective. Oh, cool. I'll have yeah. to watch that and hear yeah, what he said. Definitely. Yeah, because it would probably give you a little more insight on, on your piece and what he yeah. saw um, and maybe what's some of the other judges were looking for because it was also like Marguerite Derricks and Vincent Patterson. It Absolutely. was like legends in this legends. industry. And that was nerve-wracking too because you have these, and I hate to say it like this, but it's kind of true. You have these more like new school choreographers like you have Sandra Chavez on there who is someone who kind of started her choreography career when I was moving to LA. And then you have Marguerite who I grew up watching her work. And I'm like, you know, art is so subjective. 
how how is this group of people? We have these icons like Marguerite and um, there were so many other people too. Tony Selznick was on the panel. Yes, from MSA. Yeah, I feel like we're missing because I feel like there were like six people um, yeah, on the was, panel. But it was such a diverse group of people, group. and I was like, I have no idea what they're going to think about this piece that I'm putting up, and it was really scary. But um, no, it was just nice to see that they actually saw something in it. It was really, really special. And we had uh, Taylor Steve here. So she was in your piece. Yes, I love Ezra Taylor. Ezra Sosa's been here. <laughs> yes. yes, so a couple of recognizable So You Think um, faces, of course. Mm-hmm. Who else did you have in your piece? You were in it. I was in it. Yes. I wasn't meant to be in it. Actually, oh. that all happened a few days before the show. Okay, talk about the challenges of that because yeah. I, it, oftentimes you just want to be out of it so you can see it and clean it. Totally. What happened? Did someone That's drop out? Something people people don't understand is how hard it is to put a piece together mm-hmm. and to get people to do something for you for free. That's another challenge. You know, you're trying to be creative, but then you have studio space, you have costumes, you have this grand vision that you're trying to put together with no budget, with no funding. And then you want the best of the best to perform your work. At least I do. I'm very specific with who I want to perform my work. And I've always been that way. So just getting together the right cast was already a challenge in itself. And I didn't even know if I was going to do the ACE Awards until about a week and a half before the event. Because I didn't know if I was going to be able to pull it off to the level I wanted to. Wow. And I'm very hard on myself. <laughs> so I knew I was like, if I don't get the right cast, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to have to just back out. And if I don't have the right amount of hours to make it everything that I want it to be, I'm also going to have to pull out. So there was a lot of challenges. I mean, there was also, I used Curtis Sprung. Sorry, you asked me who else was in it. Curtis Sprung, <laughs> Nick Lanzacera, um, Megan Goldstein, who was my my featured girl. Mm-hmm. She's such a stunning an dancer. amazing dancer. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better lead for the piece. Um, but yeah, so, and then Carrington Jones, who's a... a we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The younger dancer was one of the people in my piece, mm-hmm. and I also had Lee Gums in my piece. Both of them. Everyone had... knows his photos. <laughs> Everyone swear. knows his photos. <laughs> He's like Mr. Instagram. <laughs> he is. <laughs> it's true. Every dancer's um, headshot. headshot. <laughs> Lee Gums. But they're fantastic. They are. They're yeah, great. They're so well done. Yeah. <laughs> but so I had a different cast, and then, you know, with work coming up and it not being a paid gig, I would never ask someone to turn down mm-hmm. paid work for a piece that I'm not paying them for. So I lost her, so I had to step in, and then I had Ezra fly down from Utah to come do the piece. So I just lucked out that I was able to pull it all off, but yeah. and But I mean, it's a hard, you know, it's like we're putting, I put thousands of dollars in a studio space. I had a lot of rehearsal, even with just me, myself, in the studio kind of jamming out and figuring out what the tone of the piece was going to be. But then also, you know, not only that, I was buying costumes for everyone. And then the day before the show, I get an email from Ace saying, hey, we just want to let you know that your time limit's too long. We changed the time limit this year. Which, being someone who I go to all the events and I've seen them, I'm so used to these pieces being six minutes long, you know, five minutes and something. I was like, oh, my piece is short. And my piece was only five minutes and 15 seconds. And they're like, this year we changed it to four minutes. (gasps) 
And they only told me that two days before the show. So you had to cut a huge chunk. I, I mean, that's massive. Th- yeah, a minute. Uh, people think, oh, it's just a minute. No, no. A minute no. in dance and movement is and huge. music is a lot. You're deleting a lot from the story. Like, a lot. And so wow. I ended up having to pull together a rehearsal the night before the show and eliminate a lot of time for my piece, not only with the music editing, but figuring out the storyline, how I was going to tell the story still, and then getting everyone together. Our, my piece came together the night before. That's nerve-wracking. I mean, you have yeah. pro dancers. They, they're <laughs> going to pull it off for you. But I, I yeah. think just even as a choreographer, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, how, how are we going to pull this all together? 100%. The stress is so real, especially <laughs> for someone like me. I'm, I'm so analytical about everything. I go home at night. I don't sleep. I'm dreaming about the piece. I'm waking up thinking about the piece. And Do you wake up with, like, I wake up with, like, a, a stomach ache. I'm just <laughs> yes. like, I can't, I can't eat anything right now. All I'm thinking about is, like, <laughs> are we going to be able to pull off this four minutes now? We had the five minutes and five seconds. We don't have the four minutes. <laughs> Completely. That was me every day. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, your piece was stunning. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and obviously, it got you first runner up, which was a monetary prize. Is it five thousand that you got? Five thousand. Five thousand. Mm-hmm. And it goes towards next year towards a show, or can you use it for anything else? Like, yeah, I wasn't sure about that to be to be honest. Yeah. When I got the five thousand in my head, I was like, well, that's not enough for a show. So I guess I'm not getting a show. You know, in my head, that's what right, I'm or thinking. Or is it like a piece, like a video piece? Uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. is it a video? Is it and. And I'm still, I was still unclear when I won it, but then I just got an email a few days ago saying that we do get a show. So I will get a show in the Moves event, as well as the winner, and I believe the second runner-up. Some people might be paired together. Mm-hmm. But this is what was great for me, was that I already knew I was going to do a show this year, with or without the Ace Awards, because mm-hmm. I didn't even know if I was for sure going to enter it. So I was already preparing for one and planning and kind of thinking about the options of what I was going to do as far as like a GoFundMe or if I just wanted to teach a lot or find an investor or kind of pitch my show to um, a museum or find a residency somewhere. Mm-hmm. I already These were things that were already in the future for me and I was set on them. So just kind of having this platform and even getting $5,000 or whatever was just a bonus for me because I already knew I was going to make it happen either way. But, I mean, I'm still looking at the $5,000 going, okay. (laughs) I still need some funding. I'm still going to have to figure out the funding and build on that. (laughs) Will they at least, because you'll be a part of moves at the Montablanc, I guess, next January, right? Is that how they're going to do it? I think they're actually planning to do it this year. Oh, okay, Which is good for me because that was my goal was this year. You want it in 2020. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do they at least, like, rent the theater space for you? They do. Okay, good. And that cuts a huge cost. That does. But I will pay my dancers. Yes, you, you will. Know, I will, and I will pay them fairly and and how they deserve to be paid. So that's my biggest thing. I think that's really important. It's an important topic, and it's mm-hmm. one that comes up a lot lately yeah. um, in asking people to dance for free. And, you know, and, and there's times yeah. and places for it, I think, especially if you're trying to get, like, a reel together or something like that. Totally. And then yeah. there are other times where if you're really putting out, like, a pro piece or you're asking them to do a pro show mm-hmm. um, and take time out for rehearsals and everything. Yeah. You want to be paying. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a, it's a hard thing in the industry. And it, it happens even on the reporting side, believe it or not, mm-hmm. the TV host side. And um, I think people are asking, like, you got to pay something. 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 Just to honor their time that they've given <laughs> right. to you. 
For me, I, I do a lot of free work, to be honest. Mm-hmm. As a dancer, I always did. So I also value that because I think there's a lot to be said for experience and being around people that you admire and respect. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about being a part of something that I'm artistically attached to or drawn to. And if that means no money's coming in, I'm still equally as fulfilled. And it's just adding to my belt of tools and experiences that I can now offer moving forward that better prepare me for the high, higher paid jobs. So I'm not an advocate for say, always saying no to things that aren't paid because I don't know, I kind of built my career on doing that. And I think a lot of people now are so thankful for the time I put into them and invested into them that they look out for me. That's great. And I've built these relationships off of that. And I feel that way towards my dancers. Anytime someone gives me their time, I never forget it. It's like the biggest gift to me. And I will always, in whatever way I can, when I do have an opportunity, I pay them back first. Before the person who said no to me. I paid those people back. <laughs> that makes sense. And you know, Cassandra Chavez said a very similar thing yeah. to me. She said occasionally I, I do need dancers for free or I need like mm-hmm. a skeleton crew to work something out. But then when the paying job comes around, guess who I'm paying back or guess who I'm reaching yeah. out to first? It's all of them because they Completely. took time. Yeah. yeah. And and that's a good way to kind of like run your business, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because that way you can go, hey, we've got this opportunity. It's a nice paying gig. Are you available? Yeah. I'd love to be able to get you on this project. I think you pay people when the money's there. Right. If the money's there and the choreographer is taking three-fourths of the check that's allotted to the dancer's time and then the dancers are getting the small portion, I think that's when it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think if the choreographer is uh, dividing that money fairly and the production is dividing it fairly based off the funding that's going into it, I think that's when it's a bigger conversation. You know, if you're doing this massive event and you're getting paid only $1,000 for the two weeks that you're spent, I mean, it makes no sense. Then right. at that point you say no. But if there's no money going into a project, you can't really expect the world of someone. It's it's just it's yeah. case by case. It really I is. Think. And that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the arts cost a lot of money. It's, do. I don't think people realize or, or think about it. They're just like, you know, just get some, you know, outfits and go out there and dance. And you're like, it doesn't work that way. It's not no. that simple. You just don't like throw something together. It's a lot of hard work. <laughs> when did you realize, I, I do think it's a calling. When did you realize you had a calling for choreography? Oh, it's a different thing than dance. Yeah. I was young when I knew I wanted to do it. I was always making up dances in my bedroom. I was always making videos. I knew I wanted to be a director first. That was actually my main goal. And this is a good pathway. A lot of director, (laughs) I mean, a lot of choreographers go on to sort of creative directing into directing. Mm -hmm. It's like that linear path. 100%. Yeah. I was always making movies as a kid. Like, even on my old VHS camcorder, I was, you know, I didn't have an editing app at the time, so I was pressing the red button and pausing it to go to the next scene and then pausing it, and then it was all my VHS. And I would I do that all the time. That. What were your films like? Were they dance films? Oh, or they, were they were every... I mean, they're crazy. <laughs> One time I remade Moulin Rouge with me and my best friend, and we did the whole movie together, and I, like, rewrote it and kind of redeveloped it into my version of the Moulin Rouge. Who was Satine? Um, Satine was my best friend, Emily. I love it. Right. And I was the guy, of course. You know, I had my hair all up. I had on the, the little tank top and the Fantastic. leather jacket. It was great. It was a good time. One day I'll have to pull did that one Did you do, up. like, redo the whole, like, tango Roxanne scene? Oh, we did everything. The dying scene's the best, though. Me being dramatic and, like, crying yeah. and then the kissing scenes when we were young. I was, like, 11, so I was, like, holding I think you need to, like, get these and transfer them from VHS to digital. And I do. show them. You have them? I, I do. I have them. You should put them on your YouTube channel. <laughs> okay, I, will. I think so, because I really want to see I'll that. Let you now. know when I do that. I'm and, totally and the ready. ones that I would write, the scripts that I would write, those are those are the best. Those are hilarious. <laughs> I would write movies and then have my friends learn the script and then we would do them. But so the calling came early. That's interesting. Early. But that was basically so what I was getting to is that first directing thing that I wanted to do as a kid. I, I used to always say, I mean, this was very ambitious of me and 
I laugh at it now, but I was always I would always say I wanted to be the youngest, most successful female director. <laughs> Which I, I think that time has passed. <laughs> I, I don't know, but we need more female directors anyway, so... We do. Yeah, so let's... But that was what I initially wanted, and then I started choreographing more and filming that. I would film my work, I would get into a studio, I would play with my friends. I would even make these weird videos where I would just set up the camera on top of a table and I would create a whole piece with just our hands and what the story of our hands meant. And I would do all these weird things. You're very avant-garde. I no, like it. I guess so. <laughs> young Noel, but so I knew pretty young. And then my luckily my my studio dance teacher, I went to the studio called CC and Company, and she actually trusted me enough when I was a senior in high school to choreograph a piece with my fellow uh, dancer, Ariana DeBose. Who's now uh, go- gone on to do amazing things. Who is also going to be Anita. Um, Anita and West Side Story. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Yes. Let's just say that. And by the just way, she huge. was on the same season you were, too. Yes. So, we, yeah, we grew up together. We would create together. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. What was that like doing So You Think You Can Dance Together? It was season six, right? Yeah. We didn't really want anyone to know that we were from the same studio because we didn't know how that would affect us. I know. It's so weird how, you know, everyone always worried about the voting and, you know, what people would think and everything. And she was voted off first, which I think is she's done incredible things. Tony nominee. Which was devastating for all of us because she's just so talented. So talented. Yeah. But, you know, I always like to say vote being voted off first does not define you because it has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with your talent. No. At all. Nothing. 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 Yeah. That was great, and she, I mean, she's just so incredible, and even just, like, growing up dancing with a person like her pushed me so much, but it was truly, like, our dance teacher trusting us to do a piece together, letting us choreograph. We did it at a nationals called NYCDA, which is this huge dance convention, Mm -hmm. and it won Best Choreography, and we're just these two young girls who were just, like, trying it out, just doing a piece on our studio, and it won Best Choreography at nationals. Wow. Judged by, like, Jason Parsons, and I think it was maybe Lauren Adams at the time, and those were people I looked up to and who would choreograph on us. It was a huge moment, for, I think, for both of us, and that was when I really knew I was like, okay, I should believe in myself that there's something here. It gives you validation that, yeah. yeah, you're like, I actually, I have a talent for this. Yeah. <laughs> was So You Think You Can Dance always on your radar? Because you were kind of in that height of, like, the So You Think craze. Yeah. And you were in that season that was in the fall. You're the only fall season, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Okay, how do you feel about that? It's, you know, it's, it's been interesting. Um, we had Molly Gray in here recently. Okay. And I talked to um, Eleanor Scott because um, it was 10 years for you guys last year, yes. believe it or not, which is incredible. And they were kind of like, you know, we didn't get a tour, which was a bummer. But then at the same time, I went out and started working right away and didn't have that interruption. That's true. And so they kind of were like, mm-hmm. in hindsight, it was a blessing. I actually agree with that big time because, I mean, I think initially we were all kind of upset because we felt like we didn't get the full experience of the show Mm -hmm. since it was a fall season. But, yeah, now looking back, it it was great because I did – I moved out to L.A. right after the show and I started my career. And Adam Shankman was actually the first person to book me on a job and it was from So You Think. And he was one of the judges on your season, Mm -hmm. correct? So what job did he book you on right off the bat? He booked me on the 82nd Oscars. (laughs) 
No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Wait, it was so huge. You're, you're just like out of high school. You do. Yeah. So you think you can dance season six. You're like, mm, okay, I don't get the tour. And then you go straight to the Oscars. It was it was unbelievable. I mean, it was my maybe my first week of living out here that I auditioned for it. And then he booked wow. me. And he had me walking out with Neil Patrick Harris in my right arm opening the entire show as I'm sitting there and watching Sandra Bullock and Meryl Streep right there in front of me. And I'm just with all the nerves in the world getting ready to walk out with NPH in my in my hand. And it was it was truly surreal. That's a cool story. And so, you know what? Back home, everyone's like, holy cow, she's made it. Because <laughs> yeah. the Oscars are everything. Yep. <laughs> like, wait, we know her. <laughs> and there she is with Doogie Howser. You know what I mean? Yes. That's like unbelievable. Well, that's a good first job. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you top that? Oh, I mean, it's pretty tough. I mean, you've worked. That is a great first job. And I mean, you've worked with so many artists. Like I look at, you know, even just going through your Instagram, you're like Mm. Jonas Brothers. (laughs) I mean, Kelly Clarkson. I mean, you've worked with really most of the top artists in the industry. Yeah. I mean, when you say it like that back to me, I guess it's kind (laughs) of, wow. It never feels like that when you're in it. You know, to me, it's just about doing the work. And then sometimes these, you almost become... I don't want to say numb to it because every time I have these like this sense of like butterflies and wow I'm really doing this I'm really doing this this is crazy, but yeah I don't I don't know I learned so, so something different from every job and I think every time I'm around an artist like Kelly Clarkson or whether it's Halsey or whoever like I learn so much about their work ethic mm-hmm. and I'm always super inspired by the artists I work with in different ways so I do feel really lucky to have been in so many different rooms with so many different artists and just kind of observe the way everything works for them and the way they put so much into what they do. I was I just watched Miss Americana over the weekend with Taylor Swift and I think what was most eye-opening to myself as a, as a viewer was the amount of pressure on them as superstars. Um mm-hmm. obviously not only to produce music but produce all these shows and you know with yeah. the dancers and the costumes and the concepts and everything else like it's just like a constant machine if you've got a new album and things like that. Yeah. And then you have the award shows to add to all of that. So yeah. you're probably seeing them in a in a pressure cooker but they're out there they're professional and they're doing their job because they know what's expected of them. Completely. Yeah. I mean, and we have such an important job of leveling up to that as a backup dancer. Like, I think the role of a backup dancer is so, it's so much more elaborate and strong than I think the normal public realizes. Mm -hmm. Like, we contribute so much to the overall vision and the overall tone of everything that these artists are putting out there. And we kind of, like, bring their music to life in a different way. But it truly is, like, a responsibility for us as the dancer. When we're dancing for someone who cares so much about this moment on an award show or whatever, I always think of it like that. I'm like, I have to treat myself like I'm the star just as much as Taylor Swift if I'm dancing for her right. because I have to live up to that level. This has to be a full production that matches that that stardom. And it's exciting. It's exhilarating every time, it's you know, so you do cool. that. It's so cool. I mean, yeah, because if you're at the Grammys or something or the yeah. BET Awards or Billboard Awards, or I was just thinking everyone that was at – the Super Bowl this weekend. And, you know, J-Lo started prepping last September for that job. And just watching people that we all know dance up Mm -hmm. there, I was like, that has to be so exhilarating. But at the same time, knowing that you've been prepping since September, I'm like, I am not going to have a finger out of place because the boss, (laughs) like, this is a big deal for the boss. Like, it's a Mm -hmm. big deal for Shakira and J-Lo to be two women, Latinx women, you know, headlining. That's a big deal. It's huge. 
It's yeah. huge. I'm so happy for the Latinx community. Like, that was a big moment for them. And it was such an amazing performance. I was dying. I was, like, yeah. screaming the whole time. I was like, this is amazing. Amazing. And then her daughter comes out and, like, hits every note. I know. Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. Adios. <laughs> but, that, but that's not just, like, you know, I'm, we're talking about Shakira and J-Lo, but this is every artist. This is the mm-hmm. work that they're doing behind the scenes to make this spectacle, whether you're at the Super Bowl or a stadium tour yeah. or an award show. Yeah, 100%. You don't ever want to be that one person who, like you said, has a finger out of place. Or, yeah, didn't rip off <laughs> J-Lo's costume in those three costume changes pro- she had. Grab it. the mic and move over here and do all the things. It's a lot of work. And those are the... I don't think... People, and that's the other thing. Like, people don't realize, like, dancers oftentimes are responsible for taking a costume piece or bringing a prop or something. And if you forget yeah. or it drops or something happens, it's not great. No, it's it's not great. It's the scariest job. <laughs> the worst job. Be like, put me away from the artist. Yeah. I do not want the responsibility of like taking the coat on or taking the coat off. Because I'd be like, it's stuck in your arm. Yeah, no, I'd be the panic one. It's, yeah, it's definitely a panic when that happens. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, do you look back on your time at so you think you can dance? Like, what do you think the greatest gift it provided you in your dance career? I think the greatest gift was, when I'm thinking about it now, I'm trying to really think. I think it was just getting me out here to L.A. I think for me, I came from a super small town where... You were in North op- Carolina? Yeah. Okay. And and I was in a town where, you know, we had two studios. Only one of them was competitive. Mm-hmm. People didn't really understand dance as a career. A lot of people were telling me that was a really ridiculous choice. Um, you're going to college and you're going to get your degree and that's what you yeah. and then you get a job. And then you have a family and then you do all these things in order. And that was I had anxiety for the first time in my life, my senior year of high school. And it was just like crippling anxiety. And it was out of fear of the unknown and all these voices in my head telling me what I should do and what I couldn't do. And it just became too much for me as someone who always was very free, very trusting of my calling. Mm-hmm. And I never really had those doubts. And then there was people feeding me them. Now, were your parents supportive of your always. decision? Okay, great. Which I'm so grateful for. Yes. But I also think they they didn't really know what was going on with me because, you know, I was telling everyone that I was applying to college when I wasn't. And I was just afraid to let anyone down. Um, or I didn't want to deal with any more voices. So me just saying that I was applying to college isn't kind of shuts lying the conversation about, shuts down. it down, yeah. and then I don't have to hear anything else about it. Yeah, you're like I'm applying to UNC, and yeah. it's goodbye. all Bye. the typical schools. Yeah. I would say whatever's around there, done completely. Um, how did you manage your anxiety? Because anxiety is something that I think a lot of us live with, and mm-hmm. especially in an age of social media, I think it heightens anxiety for people a lot of yeah. times. Technology maybe too, um, and the craziness of the world. Like, how do you manage it? Because everyone deals yeah. with it differently. I think at that time I didn't manage it. I think it there was a time where, you know, I constantly would think I'm dying from this pain in my chest. Yeah. And, the tightness or like yeah. the, I get the shortness of breath when I have an anxiety attack. Yeah. I was uh, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> not fun. No, it's horrible. It's and I get a pit in my yeah. stomach. I my stomach. That's like my like when I'm nervous, it's like tightening the chest in the and the pit in the stomach. Done. I know. I hate that for you. <laughs> I know. And so I like I have to go and like if I go out and work out, that is a great anxiety buster. Okay, for me. that's your way. Yeah, it's it's got yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like it doesn't matter if it's Pilates, a walk around like like Balboa, it, it, hike in the hills. Something active. Something active. I relate to that. I think for me the best way is like getting up and just doing and going. I think sometimes my anxiety would come from overthinking. Um 
and I'm the kind of person who I can sit in a quiet room with no TV, no music, and I could just sit there for hours and get lost in my head. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that was the cause of it and the root of it. And so I would find that if I would just get out and do something, whether it was, you know, driving in my car to the beach, that's a huge one for me. It's a weird therapeutic thing that I do. Ocean's amazing. Water's amazing. It's incredible. It's it's my go-to spot. So I, I will get in my car late at night and I will drive to the beach and then it kind of eliminates my anxiety. That's nice. Did you grow up yeah. near the beach in North Carolina? I didn't. I was like three hours from the beach oh, that yeah. we go to. <laughs> <laughs> I was, because I spent my summers at the beach and that is always like a, a calming yeah. sound to me. Just me like, too. Listening to the waves crash is like, oh, yeah, feels so good. But we're lucky because it's only about twenty minutes away if, if so there's easy. no traffic. Yeah, <laughs> depending on the traffic and everything. Yeah. You know, the other thing that, it, and I feel like this show now is like kind of mythic in the dance industry is all the right moves you, you did with yeah. the creation of shaping sound. Oh my gosh, throwback! <laughs> it is a throwback. But you know, if you talk to people about it, people are like, "Oh my god, I love that show!" And it was really? like, "Oh yes," and. <laughs> You have to buy it. Like, you have to buy it. It's like $13 on Amazon because it's not. It still exists. It's, it's still available. It's on Amazon. Yes. <laughs> you have to buy it. But it's not like Amazon Prime. But I'm like, Amazon Prime, I'm letting you know if you throw it on there as a freebie, people will rediscover it. I'm telling you. Um, but I find that, you know, this is serious. People are like, why can't I find clips of it? Because there's not a lot of clips around of it yeah. or anything else like that. It kind of just wiped itself from existence. It did. And I don't <laughs> think Oxygen realizes that there's a market for it. Trust me. I think they messed up on that show. I'm just going to be completely candid about Tell that. Tell us. Yeah. I think Oxygen fully messed up the opportunity of what that show was. Because you look at the people that were on the show. I mean, if you look at the IMDb list. Yeah. Like, all of you guys are at the top of your game, still in the industry. Mm-hmm. Our cast was incredible. Incredible. It was the best of the time. And, you and know, still some now. Of the best of the, yeah. yeah. I mean, completely. people still working. Travis and, mm-hmm. and Teddy and you were in it. I know Allison was in it. Jamie yeah. Goodwin. I mean, this is amazing. Yeah. Matthew Peacock, who's now going on to choreograph for Billy. I mean, the cast just goes on and on. But it's like, mm-hmm. I think that what happened is, and I think this happens a lot in reality TV when people aren't smart. And I think this is what happened with Oxygen. I think they kind of used the the elements of it that were overproduced instead of just highlighting what we already were naturally as a group. We were already so interesting so dynamic there was already so much that already existed that they could have just been a fly on the wall and captured the moments in their authenticity and i think people would have been so entertained because truly i think that's where they went wrong they felt like they had to overproduce it and i and i believe the viewer senses that it's like to me the new um netflix series cheer does a beautiful job of that it doesn't feel overproduced you know, they just allow the things to unfold and to happen. And it's inter- highly entertaining because you feel it. You f- you're drawn into the realness of it. And I think that's where they failed. I think that they thought Middle America wanted this thing. And and I think they didn't highlight enough of the creative process because they felt like people weren't interested in that. And I think our creative process, if they would have just had the camera in the room, was already so intriguing and captivating. The things that we would go through to make something happen. And... I mean, I was a, a huge target for the the little bit of drama that they were able to, like, capitalize off of. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was so inauthentic to how it actually happened and something that was a huge struggle for us. And 
And I think if they would have just stepped away from that and just allowed it to be what it was. That's always my complaint um, on a lot of reality shows. And I even say it with Dancing with the Stars. I'm like, you don't have to create like a showmance with a celebrity and a pro or you whatever You just else. don't. You don't. <laughs> because guess what? If you just put the cameras in the rehearsal room, trust me, there's drama. Because mm-hmm. especially once you realize like how tired your body is, you have injuries, like that unfolds. And I think that's what makes cheer so impactful is that they're in rehearsal and people are falling left and right. Like, are they going to get to Daytona with their, you know, who's going to get to Matt? And like, that is the drama. They didn't need to like pretend that someone's not going to get to Matt. And and if you guys haven't seen Cheer, get yourself to Netflix and binge watch it because it's amazing and it's uplifting. Mm -hmm. And that guy, Jerry, I was like, I want him to cheer me through the rest of my life because it was amazing. He made me sob. It's the best, and, you're, and the whole drama is like, is he going to get to Matt? Because he's not one of the superstars on the team, and yeah, yeah, and just but watching all that play out, um, that is what you need to do, and let it just happen and let it unfold. And I think that that's a really good bit of criticism when it comes to even a lot of the dance shows. I think people are seeing more of that now. I think I've spent a lot of my career with people telling me, oh, but people won't get that, people won't get that, people won't get that, and that's always been a huge frustration of mine because. We don't know that. We're, then we're dumbing down the work to hope that the viewer can absorb it. But we tell the viewer what they should get. I mean, as people that are a huge part of media and the entertainment industry, we kind of set the level of what people should step up to to get and to understand. So we set that bar and we tell people what they should think, feel, see, understand to some level, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, we're a huge influence. We're the biggest influence. So if everyone can just kind of let go of that and understand that now I truly think people are more progressive because of social media. You know, it's true, too. And if you think about even before So You Think You Can Dance start started, um, and Nigel jokes about this all the time. He says people couldn't even pronounce choreographer. And now we have all of these mm-hmm. superstar choreographers out there in the business, so much so that we have two Emmy Awards now, not just one. Yeah. Um, and that's incredible. And that's what if you give them the the education, they'll actually follow you. You yes. don't have to tell them like, oh, you're not going to understand the word choreographer, so we'll call them creators or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they're fine. They got it. Or you're not going to get, wait, you can't choreograph this piece about a painting coming to life. No one's going to get that. No one's going to, it's like, no, because he does that. And then all of a sudden people start to get it and people love that. That's right. But on some platforms, I'm sure people have told him no to some of his concepts because they're so kind of out there and abstract, but... They make everyone feel something. At least I think so. I think so. I mean, there's a reason. There's a reason why these shows have been on, especially you know, so you think and Dancing with the Stars is a little different element because that's more of like a reality show. But yeah. so you think for sure has has created a whole language of dance for so many people that yes. were never involved with dance to begin with. People are always like, it's my favorite one because people love seeing the 18, the 20-year-old like come from the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden yeah. dance their heart out and, you know, America loves them and you're like, yay! Even if they don't win, mm-hmm. they're like, oh my God, they were my favorite. And the thing I love about So You Think is it highlights the story of what the piece is about, whereas if someone's just watching the piece, they wouldn't necessarily get it. But we're kind of teaching them how to understand this art form and this language because we give them the backstory of what the piece Piece is trying to say and yeah. tell you, and the that's what I stories. love about it. Yeah. I know it's so cute, <laughs> and we're going to do it in like a minute and a half. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. Good luck. <laughs> um, you worked with Nigel again. You did his show every single step, didn't you? Yeah, you won. I did season two. I did. <laughs> that must have been kind of fun. I mean, it must have been yeah. like what a cool experience to like go back and work on a show where someone had been, you know, um, mm-hmm. at the formative part of your career. 
And here you are as a choreographer going in. And if anyone didn't see the show, it was on Verizon's, um, I think, mobile platform. Yeah, it it? was an app called Go90. Go90. It doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. But but I know. But I I thought that the concept was really good. And I think if they had had more eyeballs, I think it really would have had multiple seasons beyond. I think it was only two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a great idea. It was like Project Runway for choreographers. You know, you have a challenge and you would have to organize this piece in sometimes two hours, Mm -hmm. which was really not realistic for how you would probably do it in the real world because you'd want more time to kind of invest in the piece. But um, it was very high pressure, very stressful. But again, it was another situation that I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. And it was another chance for me to kind of stop hiding. I think I spent a lot of time hiding. And like since So You Think, I do. I felt like no one ever really got to see the full capacity of what I was as an artist. Mm -hmm. And that was always really hard for me being so young, being 18, not understanding the reality world yet. Right. I didn't know all of the ins and outs of it. There's a (laughs) storyline. There's a lot that goes into that, everybody. (laughs) Um, I know. I've talked about it with a lot of people. I'm like, there is a storyline and the producers are there to create something for you that isn't always authentically you. So... Or they just highlight one part of you that fits what they need. Right. So, you know. That character or that, yeah, that stereotype of like. Yeah. And I was like, I want to show these other sides. I want to show them. But, you know, it's not always meant for every platform you're on. And Mm -hmm. I think I had to kind of face that. But this was another opportunity for me to just show a different side and to really just kind of be brave enough to go in and start seeing myself as a choreographer. And this was a few years ago. And then, um yeah, and then just winning again, it was like a bonus. It was, again, a situation like Ace Awards. I didn't know I was going to do it for sure. Mm-hmm. I was sitting down in a cafe with my best friend, Ryan Ramirez, and she tells me, she's like, why don't you submit to this show? And she shows me the link. I'm like, oh, I don't really have anything to submit. She goes, yeah, you do, Noel. You create pieces all the time. Just submit one of them. But in my head, I'm like, oh, but it's not new. I need to do something now that's only for this. She just looks at me. She goes, Ugh. I don't know what you're waiting for. Just submit the piece you already have. (laughs) Do it. You're good enough. See what happens. I submitted. It was the day before the deadline. And sure enough, they get back to me saying they want me on the show. And then fast forward, it just all kind of happened. I didn't really know what to expect. And then I came out winning the $25,000. And it was just, yeah, just a crazy experience. And I hate that so many people didn't get to see it because it was on such a small platform. But I think that show was truly had something what does the twenty five thousand dollars go towards so they want you to create a piece or anything 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 it honestly funded me for a year of creativity (sighs) and i was able to just build and invest on my art firm like i'm a huge person on research Mm -hmm. i think we have a lot of fast food choreographer these days choreography these days i think even on award shows we throw them together way too quick whereas back in the day maybe 10 years ago they would have two weeks to rehearse we do them now in a day sometimes wow and I, I'm just a firm believer, and I will rewrite something over and over. I will write it. I will erase it. I will write it until I get to the perfect place with my work. And I will do that as long as it takes before I put it out there. And so it was nice to kind of just have that full year funded for myself to do whatever I needed to do, to create videos, to get in the studio with people, and to just fund it with the money that they gave me. And now what I feel dream. ready and prepared. Yeah, I mean, anything. that's that's so amazing as an artist to be funded for a year because it's a gift. Yeah. It's, it really is. I mean, it is such a, a luxury, honestly, in this day and age. It, absolutely, because we never really get that, that opportunity for someone to just invest in our work, not really knowing what it's going to be without a name, because at the time I didn't have a name as a choreographer. Mm-hmm. So to just have someone kind of see that in me and then be able to 
practice my art. Who are the mentors that kind of helped guide you when it comes to choreography? Because I know there's always leaders. Lot. Yeah, you have I a lot. I have a lot. Like, <laughs> I, I have mentors that don't even know, or I have inspirations that probably don't even know that they've inspired wow. me. And I always say I want to write a book of all the things I've learned from each different choreographer. Who were, like, let's say the top three? Well, a huge mentor of mine is Mia Michaels. <laughs> Yeah. You went to a serious school then. I, I <laughs> mentored her for six years. And Mia is tough in the best way. If you can handle that type of yeah. feedback, I think you learn so much if you're open to it. Because I, I get mm-hmm. that type of feedback. Like, I understand that type of teacher. Yeah. I only and relate awesome. to brutal honesty. As a person, I'm that way. Like, I like brutal honesty. I and I have thick skin. I can take it. If you give me what's real, I trust you. I believe in you. We have a thick friendship at that point. Because she wants she what's was best that. for you. Yeah, that's what Mia is. I think She's it gets tough. misunderstood. It gets misunderstood sometimes. It does. And I will say there were times where it was incredibly hard. But I know that I can deal with anything yep. from now on. And I think it's – she's so hard on the people around her and the people who are portraying her, her visuals because – she has such a high expectation of herself and being in such intimate settings with her and kind of watching the way she works and the way her mind works, even on a personal level, the way she is when she comes home at night with her glass of wine and the way she's thinking about how the process went and the day went and the things she's talking about and forming a friendship with her in that way. And I would, you know, I would stay with her in her apartment in New York for weeks at a time. And we just had this really deep friendship and bond on top of the work. And I was able to see, oh, she's so hard on me. She's so hard on herself. That's right. She has such high expectation. She would really go through the ringer with herself on how do I make this the best thing that it can be? And that's all she was ever striving for. So sometimes when you're on the other end of that, dancing for her, full out sweating, your feet are bleeding, you're going through all these things and you're just giving her everything you have and it's still not enough. It's you're like, what more does she need? What more could I (laughs) give? But now because of that, I have that same expectation of myself. That's right. Yeah, I was like, that is a good school to go to. I'm like, that's like school. the Harvard. That's the Harvard of choreography, yeah. honestly. And she's brilliant. I have hated her at times, but mostly I deeply love her. Oh, <laughs> you, know, like, I, you know, she would understand that. I know she, that. We would laugh about it, and it's <laughs> beautiful now. She was like, she's not mad at that. I know Mia. No. She's always like, she's always working on herself, too, and evolving and understanding, too. Yes. I love, I when a couple, I've interviewed her a couple times, and she's always, it's interesting, because I have even seen, in the short time I've known Mia, I'm going to say it's probably five years or something. I've even seen mm-hmm. like the personal sort of evolution and where she's at. And I'm like, it's fascinating to watch. And yeah. I'm like, I love seeing the growth of an artist. Oh, me too. That's... I love seeing her growth, the softness that's come in. and the... Yes. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's a nice part yeah. of her personality. It just makes her brilliant. I mean, she is brilliant. She no is. one can deny her of that. And I think having her as a mentor, I will always be thankful for her. And I will always give her all the 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 appreciation and the thanks that she truly does deserve for paving the way for so many people in contemporary world like you should put it on the map for for so you think too and i think a lot yeah. of people don't appreciate that enough because i'm like you you yeah. went and watched so you think sometimes because you're like what's me and michael's gonna do this week that was me as a kid as a little girl i was watching the show for her piece i always watched for her and wade and and it's not Dave to Robson. take away from anyone else, but that was what I was drawn to. That's, yeah. Like that was my taste. That is and that is perfectly. You know, everyone yeah. has different tastes, and everyone had different favorites on. Mm-hmm. So you think, but there, yeah, there are some choreographers that really kind of opened 
people's eyes, whether they knew what choreography was or not, or understood the dance world or not. There are yeah. a few choreographers that really made a huge impact on those yeah. early years. Yeah, they they were mine. Mm-hmm. And so being able to work with her later was, that that day I got that phone call was a big day for me. It's a dream come true, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's like, I always wanted to train with the best of the best at what they did. And I always knew, as much as I wanted to be the leader of the room, and I wanted to be the overall visionary of something, I knew I wanted to train with those people first. I always valued that. I always wanted that. And I'm still doing it. And everyone's always telling me, Noel, just step into choreography. You're ready. You're ready. You could be doing these big jobs. I'm like, I know. I trust the timing. I'm not worried about it happening. I actually really love the balance that I have of being a a dancer, a performer, still assisting. I still assist choreographers. And I still love assisting because I am learning from them. I'm always on the job with them taking notes about what they do that works, what I love about their leadership skills, what I love about their creative process. And I feel like I'm just forming all these tools so that when I am the leader one day, I'm fully prepared and I'm fully ready and I've learned from the people that have come before me. And I think for me, I will be the choreographer. I still am a choreographer, but I like doing all the other things as well. I love that. And you're like leading the way for the next generation too. Yeah, completely. I do have to say really quick, Brian Freeman's another person for me. I just can't mention Mia Michaels and not mention Brian because... He's someone who I think that people don't realize how incredible his um, forces in the industry necessarily because I think he is one of the people that has shown me he is able to support so many other people and he's never worried about it taking away from him. He will nurture the younger generation and he has given me so many opportunities that he doesn't have to give me just based off the fact that this man can see brilliance and in a room full of thousands of people, he was spot out every single person that has something. I'm sure he misses things every now and then, but I truly think he sees it all and he nurture, nurtures people and he believes in them when no one else does. Oh, I love that about him. I just watched Toxic again because he cr- created Britney Spears' Toxic video. Yeah. They had an MTV <laughs> special on it and I'm like, oh, this is fascinating to watch. It's <laughs> like a time capsule of everything that yeah. happened. Well, believe it or not, we're out of time. Do you You're kidding. Me? No, I'm kidding. I looked up oh and my I'm like, gosh. zero. <laughs> we are out of time completely. We could go on for another How hour. How did that happen? <laughs> no, it just slipped away from all of us. But, you know, it, it was such a pleasure finally meeting Aww. you. It's ridiculous that it took this long. Of course, I know. <laughs> but you know, come back anytime. Seat is always open for you. Because so I'm nice s- to meet you. Nice to meet you too. <laughs> and just really excited to see where your choreography career goes and Thank your you. show. And a lot of excitement Thank for 2020. Um, if people are not following you already on social media, where can they find you? They can find me at at Noel Marsh. It's N O E L L E M A R S H. Perfect. All right, you guys, we want to thank you so much for joining us here at Dance Network to the Point and Popcorn Talk. I want to remind you guys that uh, next week I'll be in Vienna, Austria, <laughs> and we pre-taped a show for you already. So the good news is you will have a show, and it is with Britt Stewart. So come back and Yay, join Brit. us next week, same time, 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you all in a couple weeks, but there is a show next week. Don't miss it. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.